Road to Life. We love you. We're so glad to be back together on our podcast. This week, we're hearing from our guest pastor who did a great job inspiring us through the Word of God. For more information, visit roadtolifechurch.com, and we'll see you next week. Amen. Well, we have a special guest speaker. Luke, come on up. Come on up. And he, his family is here now. Okay, how many kids do you guys got? Nine. Nine kids. Nine kids. Okay, look. Okay, they're not done. They're, they, they're not done. Is that cool? Is there something? Yeah, that's great. You guys going for more? <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> the kids are like, what in the heck are you talking about? Anyway, um, Luke is from Victory Life Church, and James Sonic is one of my best friends, and he's going to be ministering today, and I want to encourage you, just as we were talking, I really feel like he has a word of the Lord, and I want to encourage you to just open up your heart and just stop and just be like, Lord, I just want to grow. How about you? Let's just pray for him. God, we thank you for your hand and your favor on Luke. We thank you for your grace over his life, and Lord, today we just open up our life, and we turn up our expectancy and we lay hold of the gift that you've placed within him that lord you're going to grow us and mature us today and lord we thank you in jesus name amen amen, amen. you go thank you thank you all right give me a second to get situated here well good morning it's awesome to be here very very grateful um for this opportunity and uh Pastor Mike, Pastor Jill, I don't see her, um, but thank you very, very much uh, for this opportunity. I mean, this is, this is great. Will you guys help me honor your pastors? Thank you very, very much. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, we are, we are from uh, Battle Creek, Michigan. Um, drove over here early this morning, and every one of them were ready to go, which was pretty amazing. Um, we were here early. That's pretty amazing. Uh, we, we, we oftentimes say, just because we're a big family, that does not give us the right to be late. So we got to get here on time the best we can. We're 99%. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, my, my beautiful wife, Jillian, we have um, a picture that we'll throw up here. This is all of us together. Um, but my, my wife, Jillian, will be married 20 years this year in August. And, um, and then we basically started right from there having kids. And so uh, my oldest is almost 19. Um, so, uh, but yeah, they're just a, an awesome group of, uh, awesome group of kids. Um, they are um, a huge cheering, cheering section. Um, they, uh, so I, I've preached to just them before, so this is kind of intimidating. No, just kidding. <laughs> and I also, I do appreciate something that uh, does not challenge my vertical heightness. Uh, so thank you for that too, Pastor Mike. That's great. So, um, but no, let's, uh, we're, we're going to get in. We're going to open uh, our Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. Um, and we're going to talk about when Peter walked on water here. Uh, so give me just a second. I'm going to get this open. <clears throat> but if it's okay, if we can just pray. I like to start every time that I preach this way just because it helps me just get in the flow. And uh, so join me. Pray with me. Uh, you don't have to just listen, but pray with me. But Heavenly Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, and we are so thankful 
for this morning. We're thankful, Lord, for the breath that you gave us. Uh, Holy Spirit, we know that you are here and we know that you have a plan. We know that you know every single person that is here this morning. Um, Lord, you know what they need. Uh, You know what's on their thoughts, God, what's in their hearts, what's going on in their lives. And I pray, Lord, that you would specifically meet them. Uh, Lord, not through the persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Holy Spirit, would you do the things that only you can do this morning? Man can only do so much. Uh, We can shake hands, we can love, we can give words of encouragement. But Holy Spirit, you can transform lives. And we pray that that is what you would do this morning. And we just give you the praise. We give you this time, Lord. It's your word. Do with it what you want. But ultimately, you get the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So as we, uh, let's open our Bibles again. Matthew chapter 14. Uh, I'm just going to read. We're going to go through uh, verse 22 to 33 first. And then we're going to go from there. Okay. Um, So Peter walking on water. It says immediately, verse 22, immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him on the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. Um, am I hearing music? I feel like I'm hearing some yeah. music. Yeah, is, if we could, please. Thanks. Right Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm like, there's an angel in here. This is, <laughs> this is better than I even anticipated. No. Okay. Um, so, uh, verse 28 says, And Peter an- answered him and said, Lord, uh, let me go back up, verse 27. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the waters. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when he got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Uh, So this is a very, very, very familiar scripture. We've probably have all heard it multiple times. Um, And I wanted to kind of talk to you on overcoming fear. Um, So fear is something we certainly for the last two years have faced immensely, but we are constantly facing something that causes fear in our lives. And how we deal with it um, is really going to be a little bit of what we talk about today. But I want to go, when I'm reading this story, I tend to put myself into the story. So as if I'm Peter, and I want to talk about the things that maybe he faced before he walked on the water, okay? So going through, so the first, first thing is, um, uh, uh, he, has, he has this word from God, and it's 
come. Jesus says, come. All right? So he's, he's got this. He says, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. So here he is. He's getting this word. Jesus is, is on the water, and he says, come. So Peter is faced with a decision because he has this word, and it's come. And now what? So first things first, uh, I, I, is I, is I, if I'm Peter and I'm in the boat, I'm thinking, okay, he's got other people in the boat with him. He's not there by himself. So he's got to overcome the opinions of other people. <laughs> if I'm on the edge of the boat and, and I'm getting ready to jump off the boat, I hope that I've got good friends that say, time out, that's probably not a great idea. Or even more than that, they're really strongly demanding that I get away from the edge of the boat, okay? So think about this. This is a real life experience. This is something that actually happened. It's not a parable. It's not just a story. This is something that actually happened in the Bible. Peter was on the edge of the boat, and his friends are there being like, what in the world is he going to do right now? This is going to be interesting. This is probably going to end in an epic failure, okay? So he's got these things. He's got to face the, the, the comments and the, the, the fears of other people thinking, is he going overboard? <laughs> Get it? Um, has, he, has, he, has he crossed the line? Um, so as, if you think about going through a situation and you're going to have opinions from other people, this is not saying anything against godly counsel. There is godly counsel. There is times where you need to seek godly counsel from your pastor's Uh, from somebody, maybe a mentor, maybe it's a parent, somebody, you need to seek godly counsel when you're making a very, very big decision, okay? Uh, So this is not discounting that. But what I am saying is sometimes people don't have your best interest at heart, or maybe they do, but they're not actually listening to the Holy Spirit, okay? I'm just saying, you've got to discern this season, You have a word. God says, come. Jesus is calling Peter, but he has a decision. He's got to overcome the fear, his own fear of listening to other people. Maybe they're right. Maybe they're right. Maybe this is a bad decision. Um, You know, he's got uh, all sorts of different things that he's got to think about. Um, If you go to Matthew chapter 16, um, Jesus is telling Peter that he's going to go to the cross. Do you guys remember this story? Remember what Jesus says? Get behind me, Satan, for you don't have the things of God in mind. You have the things of man. So here it is, the, the very one who's going through this situation in a couple chapters later. So here it is, Peter, he is, he is trying to stop the will of God in Jesus' life And so Jesus has to speak to the spirit that is trying to deter him from the cross. So again, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of darkness uh, in heavenly places. So my battle is not with a person. It's with a spirit operating that's trying to deter me from what God wants me to do or what God wants you to do. So you got to overcome the fear of other people's opinions. Second thing, <clears throat> second thing is we got to overcome our own thoughts. I could camp on this one for quite some time because this is me. This one probably says Luke right next to it. I'm an overthinker. I think about 
things from many, many different uh, perspectives and, and views. And what about my family? What about other people? What about my church? What about my home? What about my finances? What about this, that? So Peter, he's on the edge of the boat, and he has to think, how am I going to, what, what am I going to do? This makes no sense. I hear this come, but I can't do that. I can't walk on water. I can't do this. I don't have what it takes. I'm not a miracle worker. Anybody ever been faced with overthinking a situation? The fear that comes up in your own mind when God has called you to do something? Anybody ever heard of Moses? (laughs) Okay, so I want you just to think of Moses at the burning bush. In fact, I'm going to go there. Uh, back in Exodus. Uh, Exodus chapter 3. So Moses is at the burning bush. God is speaking to him. He is experiencing the manifested presence of God. This is not just knowing God is with us. This is experiencing his tangible presence. He's standing on holy ground. It is probably one of the most amazing experiences a person can have. God's calling Moses and saying, I need you to go to Pharaoh. You're going to go, and you're going to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Verse 11, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He goes on three other times in chapters 3 and chapters 4, three other times saying, you got the wrong dude. But what about this? But what about that? You guys can go back and read it. I'm not going to go through it for sake of time. But you guys go back and read Exodus chapter 3 and Exodus chapter 4. And I want you to see how many times, put yourself in that scenario of how many times do we say, but God. Not, but God. Like, it's possible because God is with me. We say, but God, I'm too weak. I'm too uneducated. I don't have what it takes. I've never done that before. It's never been done before. If it's never been done before, all these little glowy devices that are in our hands called cell phones, we'd never see them. (laughs) Thank goodness somebody had the thought, I think. (laughs) Never mind. Um, There's also uh, Jeremiah. Let's go to Jeremiah. I'm going to go there. You don't have to turn there. You can just write it down if you want. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, this is the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then I, this is Jeremiah, he says, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Lord, I can't say, I'm I'm just a kid. I have a passion to see 
those kids right there and other kids their ages baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit, operating in the gifts of the Spirit, bearing the fruits of the Spirit from now on. I don't want them to have to wait till they get to a certain point in time before they experience the gift of the Holy Spirit. I need them now. They need to activate in it now because they need it now because this world needs light. If they got the fire, if you've got the fire, that's what's going to impact this world. That was for free. Okay. Um, so you got Gideon. Gideon, he's another one. He was, but God, I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm going to keep moving on. Um, if our mind is not being renewed by God's word daily, the opportunity for the devil to sneak in lies becomes too great. We have to stay full of the Holy Spirit. We have to stay full of the word. You have to eat daily. I'm not talking about bread. I'm not talking about food. I'm talking about the word. You must eat it daily, digest it, devour it. Let it bring you nourishment so that your spirit is strong so that when a lie comes in and you start to overthink something, you can combat it with the word of the Lord. Uh, the third thing. So, well, let me, let me say this. So I said the I can'ts, the I don't know how's, the I never, pro I never have's, the it's impossibles must be replaced with the I can do all things through Christ. With the if God is for me, who can be against me? With the I will never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, some of the biggest obstacles are those made up in our minds. So Peter had to think, I got the people in the boat. I've got to overcome the fear of their opinions because I've got a word. He's got a word. He's also got to overcome his own thoughts. The third thing that he has to overcome is the side of the boat. Right? He's got to, he's got to overcome the side of the boat. I picture, I picture Peter with one foot on the top and one foot on the bottom, and all the weight is borne on this back leg. He's like this. He's not, and the more confident and the closer he gets, he's got to put pressure on this part and less pressure on the back part. He's got to make that step. So he's got this edge of the boat. What does the boat represent? You, it might mean something completely different to you. But to me, it represents security. I love it when I'm in a boat and there's no water. Okay? That's a good, that's a good thing. Because I can, that means I'm in a safe place. There's, there's no water inside the boat. It's good. I'm dry. I like looking at water. But at least I'm in a safe place. I'm in the middle of the, the lake or whatever, and I'm in this boat, and I'm all good. Okay, that's, that's a good problem to have. So, so Peter, here he is. He's in there. He's got the security. He's got a family at home. Right? He's married. He's got a family at home. He's got his job that he's doing. He's a fisherman. I mean, yeah, he's following Jesus at this point in time. He still knows how to fish. He can go do it again if he needed to, and he will. But he's in this, this safe place. What's your safe place? That when God says come, you're not necessarily willing to leave the safe place. You've got, you're going to be faced with obstacles over and over and over. There's always going to be an obstacle. There's always going to be something that God is asking you to trust him in. 
There's an edge of the boat. And you've got to overcome the edge of the boat if you're going to step out into what God has. I promise you, I am not preaching at you. I am preaching to me, and you just get to listen. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> okay? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh. Um, <clears throat> Genesis 12, verses 1 and 3. Just a second. It says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Abram, Abram needed to leave the place he was familiar. And it's a good thing he did because we're all sitting here. Okay? He had to leave. He had to go to the land that God was going to show him. A land he was not necessarily familiar with. But he had to step out and he had to go because God was going to bless him but he had to leave in order to receive the blessing. The, the sacrifice that was being, was being asked because there was a promise being given. The blessing to go was greater than the blessing to stay. Oftentimes, the comfort of our current position creates fear of anything changing. This is very straight. I want you to think about that. We get so comfortable where we're at that there becomes an anxiety or a fear that something is going to change. God, that's not what God wants. He wants your full trust. Even if what I know today changes, do I still trust him? Even if the security and the comfort of what I have right now was to was to somehow adjust or to change, do I still trust him? You cannot answer that question for me, and I cannot answer that question for you. You must get in your secret place, and you must ask the Lord. You must work him. With, this is called intimacy. This is called a relationship. You need to communicate with your heavenly Father. And he will, he will help you. He will strengthen you. He will help you overcome the obstacles that are in your way. The fourth, there's, there's, there's a fourth thing that I didn't even have in my notes. But on the way over here, uh, the Holy Spirit started ministering to me. When we look at this story of Peter walking on water, we got other people, we got our own thoughts, we got the edge of the boat. But I feel like when I'm reading the story, there's one area that I always go to. And that's the fact that Peter started to sink. It's almost like the fear got the best of him. But what the Holy Spirit was ministering to me 
is that Jesus was right there. Peter, Peter beginning to sink, it wasn't an epic failure. And I also am one that fears failure. I don't want to fail. I don't, I don't like that. So I have to overcome. And that, that creates me to not take opportunities at different times. Probably not very good. You got to step out. You got to take chances at times. I like to calculate those. And then when I'm done calculating, hopefully it's all gone away. <laughs> I'm just being honest, okay? I know you don't know me, but hopefully you do a little bit by the end of this. But no, seriously. Uh, you know, so we need to, we, 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 we focus on the fact that he fell, but Jesus was right there. And I get thinking, I just started thinking about through Peter's life and the many, many mistakes that he made. I, I feel like maybe there's somebody here today that has focused so much on their failure that they forget that a loving Savior is right there. That's right. He's reaching out to you. He's not asking you. He's not allowing you to sink. He is lifting you up. If you will grab a hold of his hands, he's not done with you yet. I can promise you that. When I, when I, when I wrote, started writing all my notes and preparing for this message, the number one thing that I wrote down was Peter walks on water. Um, because to me, that's a pretty big miracle. <laughs> I don't know if you've all walked on water. I haven't, but that's pretty cool. Um, so I, I focus on that part of the story. And one thing that I failed to really pay attention to until the highlighter went on it was the fact that Jesus walked on the water first. Here we are. He sent his disciples out into the middle of the sea and Jesus went to them. When you're in the middle of the sea, when you're in the middle of rough waters, Jesus will come to you. He is not leaving you there to figure it out. He is not leaving you there to say, golly, I hope they make it. He is walking to you and he is even in the midst of it bidding you to come. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to overcome his fear. And even if you should sink, start to sink, he is right there. When you have his word, you can rest assured that he is faithful. That is the biggest thing I want you to take away from this. Jesus walked on water first. He is not asking you to do something he has not done. When, when he says come, you can stand on that word. If he said come, if he said go to the other side, you're going to go to the other side. He's not saying, I'm telling you to go to the other side. You're only going to make it halfway. Huh, whoops. Doesn't work that way. If he calls you to go to the other side, you're going to go to the other side. If he says to you to come, even if you should doubt in the middle of it, he is right there. Call on his name. Peter, call on his name immediately. Immediately, Jesus grabbed him. And then they went back in the boat. So what? Did they just, maybe they just miraculously showed back up in the boat. Maybe they walked hand in hand together on the water. Could you imagine? I mean, that's, that's awesome. Okay. So we all have things that we face 
Um, whew, better talk fast. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> hey, you told you warned me. <laughs> so I want to give you a real quick example of this. Uh, if we could put the picture up. Yeah. Okay. So this is Eloise. Eloise is from Ukraine. And in 2018, God started working in Jillian and mine's heart. Um, we had, the, we had eight, eight kids. And God started working in our hearts on international. But then it, adopting kind of came out of this. Really, it started as hosting. We hosted a boy, a 10-year-old boy from Ukraine. And uh, it was an amazing experience. We all loved him very, very much. And we started being like, okay, God, are you calling us to adopt? Are you calling us to step out of our comfort zone and out of this boat and to go into uncharted territory? There was a night, it was February 14th. I remember this. It was Valentine's Day, 2019. And we, Jillian and I, have been talking and talking and talking about, man, is God really calling us to adopt? And I remember laying in bed and us praying and talking about this, and I go to start praying about it. And it's as if something was gripping my tongue. I couldn't pray. I couldn't utter the words. I was very, very frustrated. So I got up. I went to the bathroom, <laughs> I came back, I was mad, and I said, this is ridiculous. God, if this is what you want us to do, we are all in. Instantly, it broke. Instantly, the oppression, the confusion, the fear, all of that broke. And at that moment in time, we watched over the next year something like that. God adjusts plans a little bit here and a little bit there, sometimes majorly through lots of tears, through lots of ups and downs. He led us to this little girl who had been in an orphanage since 11, 11 months old. She was six at the time. We had never met her. We'd only seen a picture and heard things about her. But we went in and we started this process of adopting her to when January of 2020, she came home uh, right before everything was shut down. We got her home January 24th and what? The very next month, everything shut down. Guys, there, God will call you to do things that will stretch you. God will call you to do things that will make you afraid. If, if you all want to stand. God will call you to do things that are certainly outside of your comfort zone. But can I tell you that if you have a word from him, if you hear his voice today calling you to come, you can rest assured the word that he has is faithful. It is true. It will cover every need that is out there. 
we raised $40,000 in 10 months to bring this little girl home. We had nothing. <laughs> we started from zero. But God used the body of Christ to create a miracle to rescue one little girl. What is he calling you today to? What fears are you facing? If you're in this place and you would say, I've got some fears I'm facing. I've got a word, but it makes me afraid. I'm seeking God for his direction and I'm afraid. Would you raise your hand? If somebody's here dealing with fear. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray for you. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And Jesus, it is on the truth of your word. It is on the truth of who you are. God, that we call on you fully realizing that you alone are faithful. God, I pray for each person that raised their hand, Lord, that has fear, that is dealing with a decision or something. God, you know exactly what it is. And I pray, Lord, that you would invade their space, that you would fill them, God, with the peace that surpasses all understanding. That, Lord, you would speak to them and that you would give them a very specific word that will carry them through. And I pray, Lord, that our ears would be attentive to your call. That though we might be afraid, we would step out of that boat, overcome fear by trusting you and you alone. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as Luke was ministering, something struck me. And it's this, and he he quoted a scripture of earlier where Jesus said to the disciples and maybe you remember it. He said, we're going over to the other side, but they hit a storm in between where they were at and the other side. And you're here and you stepped out on a word, but you hit a storm. You thought, sometimes we think that, oh, if I'm going to follow God, it's just going to be easy. Oh, he's going to take care of everything. Oh, everything's just going to be, not going to be adverse. No, in our lives, the greatest enemy is not the problem, but our fears. And God wants us to know that he's greater than our fears. He's greater than maybe what it looks like. And maybe you're here today and you have stepped out and it didn't go as easy. It didn't go as quick. It didn't go the way that you thought. And now on the inside, you've kind of just maybe quit maybe backed up, maybe you're a little bit intrepid, and the Lord is saying to you, I want to confront that fear, and maybe God is wanting to maybe grow us in an area of saying, you know what, Lord, I believe that you're greater than any setback because you are the God of my comeback. And I wonder today in our lives, maybe that's you. 
just to just, and God wants you to just stop in your heart and just say, okay, Lord, say that with me. Say, Lord, I'm open and I'm willing. Okay, now I want you to say that with a little more spunk. Say, Lord, I'm open and I'm willing. Thank you, God. See, between where you're at and that word, that thing that God has promised, is going to be lots of good days, but there's also going to be some development challenging times where the enemy tries to get you to quit, tries to get you to back down. And God wants you to just anchor and say, okay, Lord, I'm all in and I'm not backing up. I wonder today how many of us that you're here and you've never given your heart to Christ. You've never come. We are grateful that you're here as well as online. You're watching. We're grateful that you're with us today. But our goal every service is for you to leave one step closer than when you came in the door. And if you have never given your life, you've never come to a spot where you've said, okay, I'm done doing life my way. I want life God's way. Jesus, it cost him his life to pay for your sins, and it will cost us our life to walk in what he's got for our lives. And you're here and you've never given your life to the Lord. I want to pray with you right where you're at. You say, that's me. And maybe you're here and you say, I've done it, but I've slid off course. I just want to encourage you. God is not counting how many times you've gone down. He's counting how many times you will get back up. That's the way he is. Just with every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here today and you say, that's me. Today, I need Jesus. Today, I choose Jesus. Today, I'm done doing my thing and I want to open my heart, open my life and invite him in. That is you. On the count of three, I want you to lift your hand if that's you. The reason you're lifting your hand is because you're coming out of the comfortable and saying, yes, Lord. One, two, three. Lift your hand to the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, God. Yes, thank you. I want to lead us all in this prayer. Say this with me. Lord, I choose you today, and I'm asking you, Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I give you my yesterday. I invite you into my today. And I'm trusting you with my tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God a shout. Thank you, Lord.